Unfortunately, in an unbridled rush to build modern towers of Babel, we have not responded often enough to basic questions that the humanities raise. Who am I? What is my purpose in living? Why do I act as I do? How else might I act? Dealing with such questions helps us face moral dilemmas. And don't we need them to make sense of all the uh, craziness and insanity? Yes, yes, that's right. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Aesthetic Soundwaves AS. I am your host, Glass. Welcome back. It's uh, back sooner than expected, but I think due to various circumstances, we all in the world know why. And that's why I am back, yes, to make sense of this, everything going on right now. But you know what? That'll be for in a minute. Today's episode is uh, a good meditative episode. And for the title, to make sense of that, <laughs> if you know where this that might be coming from, I mixed together a few ideas from a book. I'll get to that in a minute when I get to a reading. First and foremost, let's give some personal shout-outs. Of course, I have to give a shout-out to Dilla's Delights, the whole staff and crew, Uncle Herm, Ma Dukes, and everyone. Thank you for the support. Much appreciated. Ruckus Avenue Radio, of course. You know, thank you very, very, very much. It, uh, it means a lot. And, folks, please make sure to go check out all their other shows, all the other hosts, and uh, everyone else in, involved in making an interesting world compilation. Ha, the best way I think I can put that, right? <laughs> um, so, let's get into this, the geographical shout-outs, I should say, because it's been, what, a little over a month now since I did last episode. So... Mexico, Greece, Delaware, New Jersey, Illinois, Utah, Oregon, Michigan, especially Detroit, of course, and world. Thank you so much for the listens, everyone, everywhere. You know it means a lot, and thank you for putting up for the wait time. You know how life is. So, folks, I have a confession to make, if I may. This season, I had planned to do all live show formats, but what happened, as we already know, is that uh, this whole world virus thing has thrown everything off. Of course, most importantly, the live show part doesn't matter at this point. It's the safety and well-being of others. So, that being said... It threw my plans off to kind of give uh, a different range for this season, but that's okay because I'm still aiming for that. I just have to go to my backup of my backups and, you know, go from there, right? It's okay. You always got to have a plan A through Z, right? <laughs> um, that being said, though, this, uh, yeah. Welcome uh, welcome back, as I said, uh, in the very beginning. But I want to start the season off, especially with everything going on right now. 
I'm avoiding using certain words. And by certain words, I don't mean cuss words, but a specific word, and we all know it because it's all over the internet, but it's this virus word, but I guess I'm going to have to say it because it is a cuss word to us, the corona word, what the whole world's going through. I'm going to dig into that in a second, but not too hard because I'm going to be honest with you, folks. There's so much, and I understand um, why... We're having to hear about it, as I said, for our families and whatnot. But the point, as of right now, starting this season, this episode, this second, is to relieve our minds, uh, relieve our stresses, and or just give a good vibe and let people relax and chill. Because we got so much being thrown at us that if you pay attention, you're going to throw yourself into an anxiety attack, uh, whatnot that comes with it. So, your man glass is here to relax you guys and give you some music, whether it be meditate, whatever, listen to. And today happens to be within these categories. Actually, I wanted to get back into one of these episodes last season, This, but... Today, I ended up uh, getting into a section that probably is going to be a repeat. Anyway, that being said, I want to read you guys something, though. This comes from... I'm going to do some reading again, obviously. And this comes from Ubik. U-B-I-K, okay, is the book title. There are many of those who already know what I'm reading out of right now. I'm <laughs> written by the one and only Philip K. Dick. Okay? I'm reading from pages 205 to 207. This was written in 1969. I'm going to read an excerpt of this to give you an idea of where I'm going. And then I'll kind of break it off from there. So let me get into this. Use the Ubik, Joe said, or I'll use it on you. Don Denny, again, picked up the can, again shook it, pointed the nozzle towards himself. All right, he said, if that's what you want. There really isn't any reason not to. This is the end, isn't it? I mean, they're all dead. Only you and I are left, and the Ubik is going to wear off you in a few hours. And you won't be able to get any more, which will leave me. His decision made... Denny depressed the button of the spray can. The shimmering, palpitating vapor filled with particles of metallic light that danced nimbly, formed at once around him. Don Denny disappeared, concealed by the nimbus of radiant, urgent excitement. Pausing in his task of reading Joe's blood pressure, Dr. Taylor twisted his head to see. Both he and Joe watched as the vapor now condensed. Puddles of it glistened on the carpet, and down the wall behind Denny is it drizzled in bright streaks. The cloud concealing Denny, Denny evaporated. The person standing there in the center of the vaporizing stain of Ubik that had saturated the worn and dingy carpet was not Don Denny. An adolescent boy, mawkishly slender, with the regular black button eyes beneath tangled brows. He wore an anachronistic costume, white drip dry shirt, jeans, and laceless leather slippers clothes from the middle of the century. On his elongated face, Joe saw a smile, 
but it was a mishappened smile, a thwarted crease that became now almost a jeering leer. No two features matched. His, his ears had too many convolutions in them to fit with his chitinous eyes. His straight hair contradicted the interwoven curly bristles of his brows, and his nose, Joe thought, too thin, too sharp, far too long. Even his chin failed to harmonize with the balance of his face. It had a deep chisel mark in it, a cleft, obviously, penetrating far up into the bone. Joe thought, as if at that point the manufacturer of this creature struck it a blow aimed at obliterating it. But the physical material, the base substance, had been too dense. The boy had not fractured and split apart. He exited in defiance of even the force that had constructed him. He jeered at everything else and it too. Who are you? Joe said. The boy's finger writhed at Twitch, protecting him, evidently from a stammer. Sometimes I call myself Matt. Sometimes Bill, he said. But mostly, I'm Jory. That's my real name. Jory. Gray, shabby teeth showed as he spoke, and a grubby tongue. After an interval, Joe said, Where's Denny? He never came into the this room, did he? Dead, he thought, with the others. I ate Denny a long time ago, the boy Jory said, right at the beginning, right before they came here from New York. First he ate Wendy Wright. Denny came second. Joe said, How do you mean ate? Literally, he wondered, his flesh undulating with aversion. The gross physical motion rolled through him, engulfing him, as if his body wanted to shrink away. However, he managed more or less to conceal it. I, I did what I do, Jory said. It's hard to explain, but I've been doing it a long time to lots of half-life people. I eat their life, what remains of it. There's very little in each person, so I need a lot of them. I used to wait until they had been in half-life a while, but now I have them immediately, if I'm going to be able to live myself. If you come close to me and listen, I'll ho hold my mouth open. You can hear their voices, not all of them, but anyhow, the last ones I ate, the ones you know. With his fingernail, he picked an upper incisor, his head, tilted on one side as he regarded Joe, evidently waiting to hear his reaction. Don't you have anything to say? He said. It was you who started me dying down there in the lobby. Me. And not Pat. I ate her out in the hall by the elevator, and then I ate the others. I thought you were dead. He rotated the can of Ubik, which he still held. I can't figure this out. What's in it? And where does Rinsitter get it? He scowled. But Rinsitter can't be doing it. You're right. He's on the outside. This originates from within our environment. It has to, because nothing can come from outside except words. Joe said, So there's nothing you can do to me. You, you can't eat me because of the ubic. I can't eat you for a while, but the ubic will wear off. Creepy little description of Jory himself. So, very well written by Philip K. Dick. So, in essence, what Jory was, was he was an entity that sucked the souls out of half-lifers, which, if you read further into the book, are people who are already dead, but they're in a half-life state. I'm going to let you, if you like that, I'm going to say either check it out at your local library or buy the book. Either way, go look for Philip K. Dick, and you'll go find C. Ubik and many other books, right? So... 
That being said, that was his main job, right? Was to take weak people at their moments and suck their souls out, suck their life out. We have a lot of juries right now going on. And who am I referring to the juries? I'm referring to the juries as the media, okay? The politicians. Now, what do you mean by that, Glass? Well, what I'm trying to tell you is this. It's wise that we keep up with the important stuff of what is going on in this virus, right? We need to know, hey, you know, school, this school is shut down or whatnot. But at the same time, there's a point where you pay attention so much that it starts to suck the life of you and all you are is mad, angry, negative, sad, whatever it may be, right? So what I'm trying to tell you is watch out for the juries because they'll be gaining you and you won't know it. So to avoid that, cut down on whatever it is. Uh, try not to try not to focus on it all the time to where you're throwing yourself into a anxiety attack. Very much so, like I think I've said before. But Focus on other things in there. As it, be in the know, but don't have to be in the know every second because it's going to throw your mind. And it's very important that I feel personally, and not just really me, but for people who do have shows like me, whether it be um, podcasters around the world, and this is a call out to all podcasters and all, excuse me, catching my breath, all podcasters, all radio shows, hosts, MCs, DJs, whatnot, right? We have people that listen to us, right? So let's use this time to positively bring the people up, take their minds off these things that, that we as a world are hearing, right? And to lift up and or ease <laughs> the sense of uneasiness and tension that is massively, and I mean massively, engulfing this world right now. So, moral, moral, <laughs> stuttering, moral of story, don't let the juries get you, folks. Don't let the juries get you. Our job, and I say our as all people who are doing this sort of thing, our job at this point is to ease your matters. And that's a call out to everyone who's doing this sort of thing. So the title of this is, of the record, is Tibetan Buddhism, Tantras of the Gyoto Mahakala, off the non-such label, recorded in Gyoto Tantric College, Dalhousie, Himachal Pradesh, by David Lewiston in 1973. This is going to be the side A cut. Now, real quick, the Mahakala is a huge play into this. Reasoning why. I didn't explain this earlier, but what Philip K. Dick did in this book is he mixed a lot of the, the Tibetan Book of the Dead, which describes the Mahakala. Okay, I won't get into it. That could be three, four episodes. I'm going to let you guys get into that. 
I'll get a little more in a minute. But he ended up mixing this in, and there is a huge amount of this involved in Ubik with other themes, of course. So, that being said, let's get into side A of the Mahakala. I'll be back in a second.
Good stuff, good stuff. Now, let me get into the reading of the record. So I'm just going to get straight and read you what the Mahakala is. So here we go. Makahala Tantra. In Tibetan Buddhism, Makahala, the great black lord of transcending awareness, is depicted as a wrathful, even demonic deity, a seemingly paradoxical way to depict one who is both a manifestation of Lord Buddha's great compassion and a principal protector of his teaching. Black in color, he bears his six hands, a flaming dagger, a skull containing blood or brains, a trident, a rosary of skulls, a drum, and a leash. Yet the symbolism of this awesome figure is directly linked to his high purpose, to protect the sentient beings against all selfishness. The key to his real nature is to be found in a great peace conveyed by the Makahala rite. For although Makahala's form is wrathful, his essence is complete peacefulness. Makahala wields a flaming dagger to cut the thread of life of the demons, all that is not and cannot be clearly understood as it rises out of the depths of the fit psychic life of man, and which not only disturbs but frequently dominates him. Another hand holds a skull brimful with their brain substances, which he pours into his mouth. In his second pair of hands, Makahala holds a trident, symbolizing the unity of his cognitive, communicative, and manifestational patterns realized in Buddhahood, and a rosary of skulls, symbolic of his action, which leads all sentient beings out of their state of misery. Lastly, in his third pair of hands, he holds a drum, summoning all powers to obey him, and a lease with which to fetter those who might undo the unifactory and developmental process. That's about the furthest I think I can get into this in a short summary without going any further. What I want you guys, though, to do is look this up because these chants deal, man, okay, in essence with the bardo and the whole theme of basically being enlightened. Okay, from the Tibetan, that's again from the Tibetan Book of the Dead. So if you're interested in this and are wondering what I'm talking about, please look it up and read. Um, so, I'm going to get back into side B in a second of this. But what I want to do first is give you general info. And you want to get in contact with me, like many of the times, shoot you, I'll shoot you my email address, defjuke at yahoo.com. That's one lower case word. That's D-E-F-J-U-K at yahoo.com. Plus, I do have a Facebook, and that's it, actually. <laughs> but you, know, you can contact me there, send me a message, uh, type in the show name, you'll see me. The, but for the email-wise, just send me an email, tell the subject AS and whatever it is. That way, I know not to delete it. That being said, ladies and gentlemen, I really have no much more to say today because I said enough. But once again... Don't let the outside sources suck your soul out. Okay, so maintain and keep 
a calm sense of you, okay? All of us. That's every single one of us. That being said, let's get back into side B of Tibetan Buddhism, the Tantras of the Gyoto, uh, Mahakala. Till next time, which will be soon, because I'm down for a lot of time now. This is your man, Glass. Thank you, everyone, for listening, everyone, everywhere. And I will speak to you next time. This is your man, Glass, signing out for Aesthetic Sound Waves. Not done. Side B is playing, but after Side B, show is going to pretty much be done. Um, next wave, folks. I'll uh I'll be back soon. I'll be back in a minute. So have a good day and be safe out there everyone. Glass out. Mm-hmm.